0: This is the Purpose Church podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. All right, all right, right, that got to be three, right? Well, good morning and welcome. We're so glad you are here today. Um, if we've not had a chance to meet yet, my name is Kelly and my husband Lane and I have the honor of pastoring this great church. Uh, he's actually not here today because he is Ill, Ill enough in true man fashion that he actually went to the doctor today. I told him yesterday, I was like, if you're not going to church, you're going to the doctor. Uh, and I said, uh, I asked him, I was like, sometimes I think to myself, what would Landon Kiker do in this situation? And I thought if I were sick and you were here, you would be like, you're going to the doctor. So I was like, you know what? Today you're getting Landon Kiker. It's like, you're going to go to the doctor. That was yesterday. And today he woke up and said he didn't have the energy to fight me. So he was going to the doctor. So in all, all the miracle working ways of God, uh, he went to the doctor. So we'll be praying for him. Uh, but we are so glad you are here. Just want to welcome you. If you are here for the very first time, you are truly our honored guest church. Can we help welcome those who are here for the very first time today. We are so honored that you would spend part of your weekend with us. And when you came in, you received a worship guide. And inside your worship guide, there's a connection card. We would love for you to take a moment to fill that out. And when you leave, you can drop it in a bucket by some of our team at the door. And we promise not to spam you or sell your information because I think that people already have all of all of the things. Uh, we simply just want to send you a letter and tell you thank you for being here. I'm just letting you know how we can come alongside you as you take your next steps. And so you see I've got some people here behind me and before I uh, hand it off to Tia who leads in our small group department. Uh, I just want to take a moment and say thank you guys for the love and support for being there for our family this last week. Um, I didn't cry for service, and I'm not going to cry now. And especially if you're here for the first time, you're like, I don't know what's going on. These people are on stage. and um, But back in September, if you've been with us in September, we shared with you all back then that my grandma, who was 90 at the time, fell and broke both of her legs. And many of you over the months have been so kind to just check in and ask how she was doing. She actually passed away. Um, it was two weeks ago today that she passed away. And so I was in Odessa the week that she passed, Uh, and many of you have reached out and given your condolences, and I just want to say thank you for that. And then my birthday was a week later, and so thank you for the birthday wishes. I just want to take a a little bit of family time here and just say thank you for the ways that you guys were there for us. Uh, We're very grateful for the team that we have around us. Uh, Thank you, Tia, for filling in, bringing us an amazing word last week. The body of Christ is, is truly a gift and even to the point like when we need to step away and be with family, we know that you guys are in amazing hands with a variety of people who are filling in in ways and I know that you were truly blessed by the words she brought last week and so I'm very grateful for that and then today she's leading um, in our small group department we're launching small groups today and so um, and also tonight we have growth track at five o'clock and so if you've been to growth track you know uh, what the mission of our church is you know what we are are here to do and there are actually four things that as a church we want to help every person uh, step into we want every person to know God we want every person to find freedom we want every person to discover their purpose and we want everybody to be able to make a difference with their life and so that second so if you just want to Think about knowing God. We want everybody to be able to know who God is, even through our Sunday morning services. We want this to be a place where you can invite people who are maybe far from God, and they can come here and experience a worship service where they, they begin to see a glimpse of his nature, of his goodness, of his character, of his love for them. We want Sunday mornings to be a place where those who know God can continue to know him more. And we also want people to find freedom. And I don't know about you, but I know that there are some things in my life that sometimes I think about, what would life be like if I could just be free from that thing? And, And as I've walked with God over the years, I can truly tell you that I am more free today than I was five years ago. And I want to be more free in a year from now than I am today. And God has given us a pathway for finding freedom, and that is in genuine relationships with one another. And they're going to expound on that as, as people share their stories. But maybe for you, too, like you can think of something. What's, what's a, something in your life that you think about, hey, if I could get this thing out of my life, if I could be free from this thing, I could, I could be so much more free. Maybe it is a mental health situation. Maybe it's a physical situation. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a, just a thought pattern. A worldview that you've adopted, maybe you were born into it and it was just passed down to you, but you're, you're learning that it's not actually in alignment with God's word for your life. We get caught up in these patterns sometimes from a belief system and we can't be totally free in the way that God has for us. And so we want people to be free. And freedom is not, it's not a moment in time, it's a journey that we are on. Where we're finding more freedom. and So I'm excited today that you're going to get to hear stories from people who are more free today than they were before finding freedom in small groups. They are more free today than they were before they started their journey. And so rather than me sharing their stories or even Tia, you're going to share some of their stories, they're going to get to share their stories with you today. They're going to share their stories of how God and and the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives have brought them true freedom in the context of genuine relationships. James tells us that if we want to find healing, we have to confess our sins one to another. So small groups aren't this place where we just sit around in a circle and share our deepest, darkest secrets. It's not that. But it is a place where you can find a friend who you can walk through life with that, that can sharpen you as you sharpen them as well. And every time I have walked that out in my life, that's how I've truly gotten free from different things. And so I'm not going to hold them up anymore. They have amazing things to share. I know that it's going to bless you. And so I am I'm just so excited to welcome back Tia today as she leads us through this. Y'all can give it up for Miss Tia.
1: You know how your family just shows out sometimes. You know when your family, you're just like, "Oh Lord, I came, my family." That's all right. I love y'all, family. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here with y'all, all of my family, including including the cheering section here in the front. It is it is truly my honor to get to set the stage for these three amazing folks who are sitting behind me. As they prepare to tell their stories and share their experiences about how God has changed their lives through community and fellowship with his people. You know, we talked last week about the importance of being deeply connected to God's people through genuine life-giving relationships. And we know that when we're vulnerable with each other when we are honest with each other, when we get up close and personal with each other, when we confess our mistakes, that true healing can take place, right? Pastor Kelly laid it out for us that, you know, Jesus provides forgiveness, but the body, the flock is where we get our healing. Amen? And so this is why we are not a church with small groups. We are a church Of small groups, not with small groups, but of small groups, because we understand that the healing that we need, the protection that we need, the thriving that we need comes from community. So these brave folks today who answered the call to be vulnerable and to share with you are here, not as professional orators, Reverend, Dr. Bishop, Pastor, Bishop, Pastor, Reverend Doctor. It's not who these folks are. They are genuine folks who, but for this moment, would be sitting right next to you in their seats, right? They represent probably a lot of your own experiences. And so we know that this moment is important because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So the expectation, Jesus has already done his part on the cross, right? He died on the cross. He shed his blood for us. That part is done. That is a finished work. Say finished work. That's a finished work. This day-to-day, this continual growing, developing, healing, all the things that are happening, that comes with the word of our testimony. So my expectation for us here today is that from these testimonies, we're going to see some overcoming. We're going to see some freedom we're going to see some deliverance. So we're going to listen attentively. We're going to support them. We're going to talk back to them. When you hear something that resonates with you, a good amen will do or for sure, whatever's in your belly, let it come out because these folks need your support. And I'll just tell you straight off, we're going to start off with one of my favorites. I could be biased, but whatever. Mr. Russell Lambright. Hey. Hey.
2: Good morning. There we go. All right. So when I was first asked to speak, I was hesitant and really leaning towards just saying no. But I decided to consider it for a while. And after a day of thinking about it, I determined that I was right the first time to say no. (laughs) However, over the course of the next two days, God challenged me to think deeper on why I would say no. It was the first layer, which is just the fear of public speaking, not enjoyable for me. Don't really like it. (laughs) However, the true underlying issue was that I didn't think anyone would find my story compelling or would relate to my experience and that it was probably even silly. If you were here last week and heard the message, then you heard my wife share that I'm an introvert, but not just any introvert. I would be classified as a super introvert. (laughs) Makes me sound like a superhero. (laughs) Captain introvert with the shield of silence. (laughs) 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 This means, though, that I generally find engaging in extended conversations tiring, especially in large groups. And I don't enjoy social settings, among other things. If you're an an extrovert, or what I like to call an introvert with a day pass, (laughs) then you might be wondering what it looks like in practice. So let me give you an example. My wife is active duty Air Force and shortly after we were married, we were assigned to a small town in North Texas, Wichita Falls. I was working remotely from my company. A few months after we arrived, my wife got sent on a two month extended assignment in Southern Texas. This was inconvenient, but it wasn't a big deal. We didn't have kids yet. So on weekends, I would just go down and visit her. Towards the end of that temporary assignment, she called to tell me that she had been selected for an overseas deployment, and in short order, she was packed up and headed away for the next seven months. A week before she left, I learned that my job was being eliminated, and I was being let go. I spent the next seven months alternating between reading, working out, working on pet projects, and just looking for work. We had identified a church we wanted to visit, but had only attended one or two services and really didn't know anyone there. I would go and then leave with very little interaction. During this period, only two things really weighed heavy on me. One, the fact that my wife was in a dangerous deployed environment, and two, our dwindling finances due to my job situation. The fact that I could go weeks, sometimes even a month, without talking to someone never even crossed my mind. That I had isolated myself was not something I would even come to recognize until years later. Now, I fully recognize that I may be more introverted than most, but I wonder how many of us are comfortable with just our few chosen inner circle members. How many are more content with just those and no more? How many of us have a sign hanging around our social circle that says, sorry, no vacancies or maximum occupancy reached? Now, I know my maximum occupancy is low. <laughs> I get it. But even if yours is higher, it amounts to the same thing. There is no room for God to place that person in your life who either needs something God gave you, or God gave them something that you need. But because there was no more room in your circle, because you wouldn't make any room, a relationship never developed. Let me share one more story that I hope will resonate. When I was young, I had a traumatic vegetable experience. (laughs) I said vegetable, yes. We were at an all-you-can-eat buffet, and I piled my plate high with beets from the buffet. I took my plate back to the table and prepared to eat. My mom looked at me and said, why did you get so many beets? I looked at her and said, beets? I thought this was cranberry sauce. (laughs) My mom proceeded to make me eat all the beets, I had taken, and to this day, I don't like beets. And I go out of my way to avoid them. However, beets are a highly nutritious vegetable. They can improve blood flow, lower blood pressure, and increase your energy. So by avoiding them, I was actually depriving myself of their benefits. They had something to offer me, but I avoided them, so I never experienced the benefits. How many of us do that with people? What are we missing out on? Now, are we ever going to be the ones to own a beet farm and have beet juice in the refrigerator? (laughs) Not me. My my mouth soured when I said that in itself, so no. That's just not how we're made. But we have to get to a point where when we look at a dish on the menu and it comes with a side of beets, we don't immediately dismiss it. We can see that while it may not be our favorite, it is life-giving and it's something worth trying. This is a concept that God is still working to develop in me. Now, with all that I've shared, it might surprise you to know that over the past year, I've co-led two small groups and even attended myself. If you think the next thing I'm going to say is how I was super excited and I jumped eagerly into my car to go to small groups every week, then I have not explained myself very well. I would get in my car, and I would think about having to engage and talk to all the people and all the different things that come with a social setting, and I would think to myself, I could just message, say I can't make it today, and then I'd just go back inside. It was a battle every time for me, not because the small group wasn't good, but because of what I told you at the beginning. I don't find social settings enjoyable, and I don't enjoy being around large groups of people. And when I say large, I'm talking like five or more. <laughs> but here is what came from extending my comfort zone. I now actually know some really good folks in this church, and I can now recognize people by name, not just the section of the church that they sit in. Yeah. And I know more than just names. I know where the people that I sit next to Sunday after Sunday are hurting and, and in need of prayer, and I can pray for them and they know where I need help, and they're praying for me. And we now have the foundation for a meaningful relationship. Just know that small groups are not just for the extrovert who likes getting together with others. It's for all members, from extroverts to introverts to super introverts, and everywhere in between. God has a purpose and plan for us all. He made you. He knows what you like and what makes you uncomfortable. So, he is not calling on you to throw off your introversion, which I'm not sure is a real word. I didn't even look it up, I just thought (laughs) it sounded right. (laughs) For your design is needed just as much as the extrovert. God's word says he would leave the many to find the one. Could it be that he is sending you to find the one? Could it be that your very nature, your very archetype, was created to reach the one? And that the one might not even be another introvert. It could be an extrovert who has been so hurt that they have retreated from the world. And now they're lost. They need help. They need a native to show them the way through this thing, to help them find their way back. But none of that is possible unless you stay plugged in. Stay plugged into your church, to your community. And the best way to do that is to join a small group and get to know at least some of the people in your church on a deeper level. So, that's the end of my actual prepared notes. But in between services, God was speaking to me. And he gave me a pen and told me to write some stuff down. So, here we go. (laughs) While you were listening to us speak or to any of the pastors speak, or any leader who is speaking up here, and they're speaking God's word, you may feel something resonate within you. You know that it is God's word. It's his truth for you. But then almost immediately after, you may hear a slight variation of that. So PK said, growth track is coming up. And you thought, yes, I need to go to that. But then shortly after that, you heard something that said, eh, it's short notice, I'll just go next month. That's the enemy speaking a lie out of what was truth. The word says you have the power of life and death in your tongue. Because what you say next reveals what you believed. Which one did you believe? That you needed to go or that you can wait? God said you need this. Go. And the enemy said you don't need it right now. Just wait. Which one do you pick? I'm telling you this right now because God said that while I am up here speaking, the enemy is telling someone, it is too late for you. It's not meant for you. What they are talking about can't apply to you. And I am to tell you that that is a lie. If that is you, yes, then come down during response time and let someone know. That that's you, so that they can rebuke that lie for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> listen,
1: <laughs> listen. So let me tell you why God is real good. If you don't know already, what what y'all just saw, what I just saw, is an actual in in time manifestation of what God is willing to do when your heart is open. When I tell you, I didn't invite my husband to do this because, in my mind, he absolutely not. It's a hard no. He would never. Someone mentioned it, said, Hey, I think Russ would be good for this. I presented it to him and he gave me all the eyes. Wives, y'all know the eyes, right? Husbands, you know the eyes when your life partner's looking at you like, Are you for serious right now? He, right? And then he went prayed and did all the things and he came back and he said he would do it. And I was like, well, praise the Lord. But the idea that, that just being willing, humble heart, willing hands to hear the word of the Lord. And then to, in a spontaneous moment, that's already uncomfortable, say, God, yes, I'm scared. I might be nervous. This is not my element, but I'll do it anyway. TJ told us the other night, sometimes you just got to do it scared. Sometimes you just got to do it. You might be a little scared, but do it scared. And I think, God for you and what you minister to these people. That just blessed my whole soul. Amen. And now my man Gio is going to come up and he's going to bless us. Come on, Gio. Come on, Gio.
3: Quick aside, I see that my junior year English teacher is here actually. Hi, Ms. Garcia. <laughs> It, was like, it feels like my last final class presentation. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the racket we made in their class. But okay, to begin, I have to give uh, quite a bit of background before I get to how I got to my small group experience. So I was raised Catholic. When I was little, we were only Sunday Mass Catholics. Uh, in our home, God and the Bible were not really talked about, so we didn't have a biblical foundation growing up. Uh, so I was baptized as a baby their first communion when I was little, and confirmation in high school. But I began to question God's existence in around the fourth grade. And so I had those questions about God, but I never really dared to ask them, and especially not my parents. And the more older I got, the more I doubted, and the more I doubted, the more I kept asking these other questions within myself over the course of around 10 years. And they mainly came down to three. Is God actually real? What is the purpose of life? And what is mine? but I kept it to myself. Now, unlike Liam Neeson, I don't have a particular set of skills. <laughs> I don't have much of any, and I'm not the sharpest when it came to school. And so around middle school, I started to think, if I don't really have anything to do with myself worthwhile after high school, what is there really for me besides an unfulfilled life? Disappointing my parents, who came from Mexico, expect me to go to college to have a better life than they had. And somewhere along the way, I pledged with myself, if I really don't find anything to do with myself after high school, then I was going to kill myself. Now, I laugh now at what an overly dramatic conclusion that was to that kind of thinking, but it was very real and took a long time to get better mentally. And any single day in that state of mind felt like an eternity. Again, I kept it to myself. Fast forward to my second week of high school, uh, I was going to go to band practice, and my parents told me to go home instead. Something was going on with my older brother Michael. Apparently no one had seen him since the night before. First they take me to my uncle's and then take me home. And there's a bunch of family members around and I'm just confused because nobody really came by anymore. And my oldest brother Jesus takes me aside and just says, Michael is not here anymore. To which I respond like he's missing? Well, he ran away. What do you mean he's not here? And he just says, he died. Apparently Michael snuck out the night before. And was shot dead by a group of people in a car. Time went by, but nobody really coped my brother being snatched away so suddenly. Fast forward to, well, as anyone would expect, I mean it only got worse for me mentally. Still didn't quite believe in God. I was even more confused and angry with God than ever before. I was still overthinking about the future. A porn addiction had continued from years prior depression and pessimistic thoughts just took me over, and life just didn't have any hope in it at all. And I just got more hopeless. I had doubt of God more and more, and I just kept asking these questions that everybody would ask themselves, you know? Why, if, if God is real, then why is there evil? If hell is so serious, why doesn't God just make himself a little more obvious to everyone? But of course, why didn't God keep my brother from dying? I never really found answers, and I was, I was just bitter. But again it to myself, not realizing that that's what the devil's tactic was for me, to isolate me in my own mind and kill me from the inside. Yeah, right. So, uh, it wasn't until my senior year that I was doing okay mentally, and my best friend Luis, who's been living in, the eighth, uh, in North Carolina since the eighth grade, starts calling me planting seeds about Jesus. And he actually has answers to my questions. Good ones, but they were hard to swallow back then. And I still didn't have faith here for quite a while, and fast forward to COVID, everything just shuts down, and we both decided, let's crack open the word and see what it has to say. We started a Bible New Year plan, and day by day, the Lord just opens my eyes. And by the time we're in Exodus, with Moses parting the Red Sea, I can't help but believe as the Lord has granted me faith, and I surrender myself to Jesus, and I just absorb his word like a sponge. It wasn't long after that that I forgave those who took away my brother and even prayed that they may come to know Christ as I have. Now, I had resolved within myself that I wasn't Catholic, and I avoided, and I avoided finding a community for, like, over a year and a half to avoid conflict with my parents. And, but eventually, I just prayed, trusting that God would put me where he wants me. And within two weeks, God sends this really cool guy named Andy my way at work while I'm working at the UPS warehouse, and he tells me about this Purpose Church. He was in a small group called Galatians, but I signed up for a small group called Freedom. So I show up to this small group before I even go to a church service, not knowing what to expect. I get there, and this really cool guy named Ethan is leading it. It was only four of us, but I was loving every second of it. Like, finally, finally, fellowship after I've been been processing everything I've been through for so long by myself. Praise God. Sadly, I didn't complete that curriculum that semester, but I did another one. With my guy Jesse leading it. And uh, the conversations that we had in that, and that made me realize there were things that I thought I had resolved within myself that I still needed to work on on a deeper level. Discipline and spiritual habits. uh, What it means to really be a child of God. And casting out those things that kept me from having the most fruitful walk of faith that I could have. And I still think about those things today. Now eventually I was even asked to to co-lead a small group and that was daunting for me. Because again, I'm not Liam Neeson. And, and and the thought of leading men who have done life much longer than me just made me think it wasn't quite my time yet. But the small, the small groups and fellowship kind of encouraged me to do so, to take up the task. And while I'm a little anxious to do so, uh, I can't help but think that the Lord has given me a purpose here. Praise God. So if anyone is wondering what is your purpose, look no further because God has has rescued this wayward sheep from afar and brought him into his flock. So please, join the flock in small group that we may follow our good shepherd to the end. Thank you. God bless you.
1: Now, I got to tell you, Gio's Gio's story, his testimony is so impactful, right? Because I feel like it is an in Again, a a real-life demonstration about how God's vision for us is eternal, right? We're stuck in time, but God's not stuck in time. We're finite, but he's infinite. And so God was aware. He knew. He wasn't surprised about the tragedies and the things that Gio was going to have to walk through. But he said, just keep asking. I'm not afraid of your questions. I'm the God of the universe. I can meet you here, there. Like, I got you. And so as Gio began to ask those questions, God put people in his way. His high school friend, his buddy at UPS with Galatians, I'm just stuck on that. Where is that small group? I love it. Is that like guy friendship relationships or is it like Galatians? With God? I don't know. But God knew and put the right people in, in your space at the right time so that at this moment you can stand here firmly rooted And not just in a small group, not just sharing a testimony, but getting ready to lead. Praise God for Gia. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited, y'all. I don't even know how to act. Just (laughs) calm down. Listen, can we give it up for Amanda as she comes forward to share her story?
4: Thank you, thank you. Um OK. my first visit to the Purpose Church was August 20th of 2023. Um, we' lived in Cibolo since March of 2019, and we left behind a church that we really loved. Um, the kids and I had been looking around very often and on, not regularly whatsoever, for a church that felt like the one that we left in Missouri. Nowhere that we went came close. But the morning of August 20th, we were planning on going to a big church we'd heard about. Um, The church was about 30 minutes away, and I had had surgery six days prior, so I didn't really feel like going. Um, I wanted to stay closer to home, and I remembered a flyer that I saw either in our mail or from our door, and it was just in a stack of papers on my counter. Um, And it was for a place called the Purpose Church. I plugged the address in, and it was 0.4 miles away, so... (laughs) I told my daughter to get in the car, and on we came. Um, We walked into the school. People said hello to us like they'd known us for a really long time, Um, like they were genuinely happy and excited that we came. Pastor Kelly was preaching some really serious truth about anxiety that week. Um, Her words spoke to me, but they spoke so much to the heart of my daughter, who was fighting some of her own battles. Um, She was facing a lot at the time, and at the end of service, Pastors Landon and Kelly came up, and they spoke about small group enrollment being open and how transformative it was and how it would be transformative for anybody who joined. Uh, We were encouraged to look at the available groups, and um, church was over. My daughter and I left, and while we were walking to the car, she looked at me and said, Mom, we found it. We felt like we were home. (laughs) Um, So I went home, I scrolled the app, I picked a Wednesday evening, because that's my least busiest, and I saw a group called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, led by the amazing Hayes family. Um, I'm the kind of person who doesn't really tiptoe into a pool. If I'm going to jump in, I cannonball and just go for it, so I just went for it. In similar fashion, I joined a small group within my first week here at the Purpose Church. Um, I actually didn't want to join because I am also very happy home alone um, by myself. (laughs) Um, I was at a point in life, though, where I was really hungry for Jesus. And I was going to cling to anything that might get me closer to him. My whole life, since... I was this tall, probably. I've been told that I'm too much. The report card that said, great kid, but talks way too much. Too silly, too loud, just too much. My biggest fear going into small groups was the same thing. I was going to be going alone, and I didn't want to be too much all over again. Um, Not only was I the new kid at church, I was the new kid at small groups. I hadn't gone to church regularly in years. And for someone who's always been told they're too much, I was worried that this would be no different. I was scared of being judged, scared of talking too much, which I sometimes still did. Scared of people not liking me or judging my shortcomings. Um, Instead, God showed me something a lot better than anything that I feared. Our group went through a book about how our emotional and spiritual health align. In the first week, I realized that it was going to kick my butt (laughs) really bad, Uh, but in the best way. It turns out God knew exactly what I needed and when I needed it. After my first visit, I remember telling my friend that I was glad that I went. I didn't feel awkward. I felt like I could really learn from the people who were in the group. As the group progressed, everybody got a little bit more comfortable with each other, and the vulnerability shared between us was something that God used to really speak to my heart. People were sharing their past hurts, past victories, way that God was speaking to them, or things that they were doing to grow closer to Him, how He was working in their lives. I felt surrounded by a group of somewhat broken people, but people who were hungry for deepening their faith while uplifting everybody in the room. It was a blessing to go weekly surrounded by those people who were just as hungry spiritually. When you're told that you're too much for years and years, you tend to believe it. And I came to small group, very guarded. By the end of it, I felt God telling me that I wasn't too much at all. I could confidently share my stories with people that I hadn't known for a long time, but these people genuinely cared about me in ways that most of my own friendship circle did not. I firmly believe that the devil loves to isolate us. He loves for us to think that we're alone He likes us to think that we're the weirdos or that we are too much. This group showed me that I'd been living and believing that lie for a really long time, and I didn't have to anymore. I still hear that voice sometimes. It didn't leave. But with every smile when I walk through the doors here, or every, hey, how's it going, or good to see you on Wednesday, (laughs) that voice gets a little bit quieter every time. My Purpose Church family makes that voice quieter in my head, and in my small group, we prayed for real problems that we faced. We witnessed a real God encounter us. Prayers that were prayed last year are still being answered today. For, hel- for jobs, yeah. for healthy babies to be born, for transformation in our lives and our families' lives. They're still being answered, even though we haven't been in groups for a while. During the time small groups were happening, I went to Growth Track, which you should do tonight. Do it. Um, I decided to try and sing with the awesome worship team here. I told my small group about it, and they flooded me with the biggest wave of support. I think somebody said they were going to have a foam finger for me, but they never did it. Um, my first Sunday singing though, they waved and smiled, they encouraged me, they made me feel supported like I belonged here. I'm honored that these people trusted me with parts of their stories, that better be Jesus, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> I'm honored that they trusted me with their stories. I'm thankful that they never made me feel like I was too much. My first small group experience shattered that lie that I had been living for a very, very long time. God really wants us to lean on each other, and he created us for community. He created us to belong with each other on purpose. I know not everybody does the cannonball into the deep end, and you like to get your toes wet first, but cannonballs are pretty fun, so you should just jump in (laughs) and go for it. Um, get to know the people here and see if your life's not a little bit sweeter.
1: That's awesome. And I'm so thankful that you were willing to share your story and, and the benefits of being connected in community. I'm not sure how many of you heard that you got here in 2019 and you didn't come until 2023. So there's a gap there, right? There's a time there where you, you've got that hole, you're looking, you're trying to find that community, and God again showed up just in time. And you know what I love about the Lord too is He'll redeem the time, right? Don't make me do public math. 1921, 2, 3, is that right? So four years, right? So it's four years for you to find that thing, you're searching, you're looking, and then she comes here, and within a week, right? growth track she's praising worship she's up here sharing God's like come on girl we got to make up this time we got to make up the time and I and I, I'm so thankful that God cares about us we again we talk about time but God's not concerned with that he's going to meet you at the point of your need he will close that gap for you and and give you the freedom the deliverance the community the healing that you're looking for that he has for us amen I'm so excited about these the stories that have been shared here today because they, they highlight all the awesome things that God is willing to do for us, but they also kind of shine a light on the enemy and what he tries to do. I think I heard in different variations, everybody talk about being isolated and alone. That's a trick and a lie from the enemy because we know that the scripture says that the enemy, is, he's roaring around like a lion seeking whom he can devour. He's trying to take us out. But we learned last week and we've learned throughout all of the the time, the teaching that I've been here, that God wants us to have community because there's safety, right? There's safety in the flock. There's safety when we're in God's pastures. And when we lean into that, we can know that we're in the right place at the right time. Amen. I want to share two other stories from folks who didn 't have the opportunity to be here today. Uh, one of them is Miss Perla. If you know Miss Perla, she has this beautiful uh, French accent. Come on, give it up for Miss Perla she couldn 't be here today. She helps with our one of our prayer partners. Um, I have asked her repeatedly if she 'll just pray for me in French. Ask her to do it for you. Just walk up and say, "I agree with whatever you say in French in jesus name it 's just beautiful to listen to, but what Perla said was. Small groups have been life-changing experience for me and my son. As we recently moved from Georgia and knew no one in Cibolo, being surrounded by like-minded, God-fearing individuals was a priority for my son and I, and we have found it in small groups at TPC. The support, love, and safety I experienced each time I joined a small group have been life-changing for me and my son, and we have learned so much and grown a lot in our spiritual journey doing life alone is never recommended and having a Christian community is a blessing. She says, I'm still thinking and praying about it, but I would love to be on the other side as a small group leader very soon. So let's give it up for Perla. She couldn't be here today, but one of the things that that is awesome about her story is that she benefited from it. And then she turned around and said, how can I help? I got next. I got next. So let's keep that in our in our hearts as well, how we can minister to each other as the scripture calls upon us to do. And then there's Jackie Forrester, uh, who also couldn't be here today, but she is one of our dedicated folks back in, in the children's department. And she says this, small groups changed my life. When I first joined Moms on Purpose, I was a new mom looking for a community of friends for support and encouragement. I was welcomed with such love and care that I knew I was exactly where I was supposed to be. I met some of my best friends in a community that not only helps me through motherhood, but with my walk with Jesus. Small groups gave me so much more than a community of friends. It gave me love, support, encouragement, courage, kindness, grace, wisdom, joy, and family. I am forever grateful I took that step of faith and joined a small group best decision ever exclamation point. All right, let's give it up for Jackie and her testimony here. And I just, I'm just going to go off script here for 30 seconds and ask if you are someone in the room who has experienced God's power through small groups, would you just slip your hand in the air? Look at that y'all look around you, look to your left and to your right. There's a community of believers. Thank you so much for doing that. There's a community of people here who who can tell you whether they're up here, whether they submitted their stories, whether they're sitting right next to you. These are not paid endorsements. I promise you none of these folks are getting checks. Miss Pearl is not getting a check, right? Jackie's not getting a check. None of these folks that slip their hands in the air, they're just being honest and transparent with you about God's power in their lives in this way. So I am so excited again about this opportunity to share with you guys and I pray that you like I have been blessed as we are talking about connecting with God's flock, being intentional about engagement, and growing and getting closer to the Lord every day. Can we just give all of these folks a big old round of applause?
0: Speaking of English teachers, welcome English teacher. Did you know Andy was in my class when I was a teacher? Yeah, UPS Andy was one of my students, and he came. (laughs) Look, I was like twenty-three. It went one of two ways with students, Um, but he was also in our youth ministry at that time, and not all of that ended well. But God uses all things, you know. It's it's amazing that He He ordains all of those moments and each of those steps, and so so glad you're here. And I've never been inspired in church to eat a beet. I feel like I feel like we need some beet juice in our lives. And so thank y'all for that. You guys may be dismissed. We uh, are so grateful that y'all shared your stories with us. If you're here for the first time, I want to let you know that we end every service with a response time. And the reason for that is that our, our job up here, anytime anybody is uh, preaching or teaching or sharing, our job is to bring forth the word of God. And then our job as a church is to hear God's word and then to do what he says. And that's truly what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, is to hear God's word and then to do what he says. So we try to dial it down into an action step of this is I will, and then you do what God has called you to do. So we're going to put the QR code up on the screen. And maybe your next step is to scan the QR code, find the roster, and say yes to a small group. Maybe you're not sure which small group to join. I want to help you out a little bit. I have a couple of recommendations. Uh, first of all, if you're, if you're new here, if you've just been coming a short while, you haven't really gotten to know people yet, maybe you're still trying to decide if uh, this Christian walk is for you. You're kind of easing your way in, you're maybe not the cannonball type, maybe a fellowship group is a great group for you to join first. And what I mean by that is a group that's based around something fun. Maybe it's the softball group or a hiking group or something that's more fellowship oriented. That might be a great place to start. Um, And all of the groups will have a fellowship component to them. But maybe you're hungry to learn about God's word. Join a Bible study group. If you're a teenager, your, your youth small groups, they start tonight. They start tonight. Parents, make sure you've got your kids in their youth small groups starting tonight. We're expecting God to do great things in the lives of our students. Our kids, they have midweek small groups. But maybe you have just recently said yes to making Jesus the Lord of your life. And you're saying yes to Jesus, but now you need to learn what that means. I would suggest a rooted group for you. A Rooted group is really a discipleship group that's, that shows you how to walk out the Christian life because yes, you are saved uh, by faith at the moment you pray a prayer of salvation, but we have to learn how to walk the way that Jesus calls us to walk. That's through discipleship. And Rooted is, is designed to help you learn exactly what that is and what that looks like for you. So I would highly recommend a Rooted group. Maybe you've done Rooted, maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while, but you're struggling with some areas where you just kind of keep in this cycle of things you can't break free from. A freedom group is an amazing next step. I've never actually met anybody who's gone to a freedom group who who didn't leave with their life completely changed. So a freedom group is an amazing next step. In fact, if you are here, you're a member, and you've never done a freedom group, you've got to go to a freedom group. It's a, it's, a, it's a curriculum really in a semester, and it ends with a freedom conference at the end of the semester, and it's truly a powerful experience, or a freedom group would be a great opportunity. So those are just some suggestions, kind of depending on where you are in your walk with Jesus. And so our prayer team is going to come down. We have communion available for you on the signs. And as we've shared today, we, we, are, we defeat the enemy in our lives by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So the people have shared their testimonies today and our prayer is that it becomes a weapon in our lives that defeats the enemy. And the other thing is the blood of the lamb. And if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and savior, this is your moment. Maybe today has been just perfectly ordained for you up until this moment to say yes to Jesus, yes to making him the Lord of your life. And if you've never prayed that prayer, they are ready for you. Don't wait, come down. Boogie your way down and tell them, like, I want to invite Jesus to be the Lord of my life. This moment is for you. And we've got communion on the sides. And that represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. So we invite you to to respond in any and honestly all of these ways. It's the QR code. It's what is God calling you to. It's praying with a prayer partner. And I want to circle back to the beat story for a second. Because the truth is that we've all had a traumatic vegetable experience, metaphorically speaking. We've all had an experience where we stepped out in a relationship and we put ourselves out there and it didn't go well for us. And so I wanna take a moment to speak, uh, just to reiterate really what they've said about God's truth over you, that if you had a bad experience, don't let the enemy continue to keep you in bondage and to keep you from stepping out again. And I can't promise you that you're not going to have another bad experience with people. That would, be, that would be so dumb. Because we are imperfect people. We're offensive. We can be thoughtless. We make mistakes. We overstep. We understep. We're, just, we're constantly bumbling, fumbling our way through life with other people who are fumbling their way through life. But I believe that with the presence of God and the Holy Spirit and forgiveness and grace, we can walk it out as church family. So jump in. There are good things in store for you within the beet juice, vitamins and nutrients and things. And in the same way, there are really great things that God has in store for you when it comes to relationships and community. And so I'm just wondering if maybe there's uh, probably many of us who have just adopted a lie and we're operating and living our lives based on that lie that relationships are not for us, that, that we could never be a part of a faith community, that I would never like a small group. Whatever those lies are, this is maybe a moment to actually repent for having believed those lies and then also just rebuking them over your life. And if that's something that resonates with you, this time is for that. We receive healing by confessing our sins one to another, and there's no salvation without repentance. So maybe this is a moment to repent for that. God, I've been operating according to something that's not even true. I have allowed the enemy's lie to have dominion over my life, and I'm rebuking that today. So you guys can go ahead and stand. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. And then as the band leads us, that's your, that's your moment to fully respond. You can respond uh, choosing a group, coming down for prayer. Even if you need healing, if there's something heavy weighing on you, if you need prayer over your marriage, anything that is going on, they are here to pray with you. Partake in communion. If it's a salvation prayer, come down. This time is for you. So the band's going to lead us, uh, and then you guys are free to respond. I'd love to pray over you. Lord, we thank you for freedom. God, we thank you that it is for freedom that we've been set free. God, we don't take for granted the high price that was the blood of Jesus that was shed so that we can be free. God, we, we, we thank you for that gift, that gift of salvation. And Lord, for the one today who needs freedom, God, I pray that they say yes to a small group, yes to faith community, trusting you, taking that next step, maybe not knowing what group, maybe not knowing what it's gonna look like, but trusting you, trusting your design, trusting that you've ordained us for community, that you've, you've destined us for a church, family, and relationships. God, your word says that you take the orphans and you place them in families. And Lord, I pray that there's no orphan spirit over us at the Purpose Church, but we are a faith family. We're a community of believers that are coming alongside one another, sharpening each other. And Lord, for those who've had that that traumatic vegetable experience, who've had a bad uh, experience, maybe even within small groups or a church or relationships or friendships, and there's a wounding and we continue to walk around wounded. Lord, I pray first of all, that there is healing in that. And God, I rebuke the enemy's lies that would say you're never gonna be healed and you can never have friends again. You're just gonna stay isolated. Lord, we rebuke isolation over our lives and we're gonna walk in the ways of Jesus of community. And, Lord, I pray that this is uh, one of the best semesters ever at the Purpose Church for community and for freedom. God, I pray that at the end of the semester, we're a church full of people who are so much more free than we are right now. God, we just surrender to you. Whatever it is you're calling each of us to do, Lord, would we respond in obedience to your word. God, whatever you're impressing upon each person's heart, whatever that step is that you're calling them to, God, I pray that there will be courage to step into it with obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Let's worship and respond this morning. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing at thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.